Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Uh, great to be with all, all of you here in Ilkeston as well. Um, always good to see um, so many friendly faces that we've not seen for a little while. Um, Alini is not here, so she sends her apologies. Just a little bit of, um, of sickness. I'm just here alone without the family today. Um, but they, they send their love. They would love to have been here. They really would have. Um, so Father's Day is an exciting day, isn't it? Uh, I, I love Father's Day. It's the one time actually Father's Day in South Africa. And, and I think I'm right, right? Father's Day matches up in South Africa. It's Mother's Day that's different. I always get confused. So I've got a few South Africans to check in with. I need to remember. Phone dad today. You know, I was reading this, this uh, week in the BBC News um, that for some reason, we don't spend as much on Father's Day as we do on Mother's Day. Did any of you read that or maybe see it on the television? For some reason, we don't spend as much on Father's Day. So I've got a message around that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we need to step it up, guys. Come on. Uh, spend a little more on Father's Day. No, I was blessed this morning. Um, I got a few gifts, and, and this is one of my gifts, my favorite one. Look at that. And it's not because of the chocolate. It's because of the wording on that. Do you see that all? King Dad. I love that. So I'm not going to give it to you because it would have been insensitive to give a, a gift that my kids have given to me, pass it on to someone else. It would be really wrong of me. Um, but um, you've got your chocolate as well. King Dad, I love it. You see, my kids, for those of you that don't know, um, my kids are ranging from five, almost six downwards. So I'm still at that stage where Dad is awesome. (laughs) Dad can do no wrong. Dad has all the solutions. He knows everything. He's the encyclopedia. Dad's more reliable than the internet um, because Dad's got the internet. Um, But, you know, it's a great stage of life. So I am still King Dad. And I'll, I'll hopefully stay like that for a few, a few more years anyway. But, you know, Father's Day um, is different for different people. I know I was blessed um, to have a fantastic father. Um, and, you know, we, we, you know, Alini too, just blessed to have a, a fantastic dad. But dads aren't perfect. And most of us have realized that by now. Some of us have probably lost fathers. Some of us have fallen out with fathers. Some of our fathers maybe weren't the examples that they should have been. And some of us don't even know our fathers. But whatever the difference is in our circumstances on our earthly fathers today, um, there's one thing that's for sure, and that's that we can all be certain that we have the same heavenly father. And so, yeah, let's, let's, let's give... You know, whatever your circumstances are, whatever your dad did or didn't do, um, whether you're joyful on Father's Day or you're sad on Father's Day, we all know that we have a heavenly father and we have common ground on that. And so today, um, I want to just um, speak about our father in heaven. And um, I want to focus in on, on a particular psalm that um, God led to me to as, as I was praying through what to share today. Um, of all the 150 psalms that are in the Bible, um, this is probably the one that best describes God's personal relationship with us. It's one of my favorite psalms, but to be honest with you, so many favorite psalms that I have, but one of the best known psalms written by David, um, actually as a song. 
And so I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 139. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, and it is going to come up on the screen. Um, But, you know, if you've got your Bible, please do turn to that as well. And it says this, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. And you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was been formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They they outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. And then verse 19, and this part we'll, we'll talk a little bit about. It almost seems like it, it's, it's uh, separate from the rest of the psalm. But it says this, Oh God, if you would destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with a total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. And then back again into the same swing of things. Search me, O oh God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. What a wonderful psalm. What an amazing psalm. And and really just talks about our Father. Our Father in heaven. My Father. Your Father. The Father that we have in common. And so we want to look at that psalm a little bit today, and we're going to pick at it. Um, To be honest with you, there's a lot there to cover in one message, but there's a few themes that I just want to bring out um, in this morning's message. Really, the main two themes um, in this psalm is, firstly, how mighty God is, how amazing He is. Some great theology in there and and, um, about the nature of God and who He is, but also The fact that he cares so uniquely about us individually. It comes through so strongly, doesn't it? His might, his power, but also his love for you and I. And so just on those two themes, we want to just bring out a few things from this this psalm uh, this morning and talk about them. And And the first thing I want to say is this, that God knows everything about me 
God knows everything about you too. He sees you. It says he sees you when you sit down or when you stand up. He sees you when you travel or when you rest at home. There's a verse in Hebrews 4.13 that says this, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare to him to whom we must give an account. To be honest with you, today, uh, in the world we live in, um, more than ever probably, there's always a camera somewhere, isn't there? We're always being watched. In fact, the camera's in here? No, okay. Oh, well, not here. You're safe in this zone, so you can fall asleep, but I'm watching. <laughs> so there's cameras everywhere. In fact, I was, I was um, with Lucas, my five-year-old, and, and we were on, uh, going on Google Earth um, recently, and obviously onto Google Street View, and you obviously know all the, the cameras go through the streets and, and looking up and down the street. So we did the little trip, uh, the exciting trip from home to school, which pretty much defines Lucas's life at the moment, home to school, and then back again. And so the excitement of making that trip on the computer was amazing. Cameras everywhere, you know. And he actually said to me, he said, Dad, but now can we go inside the house? Um, and I said, whoa, 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 that's where, it, that's where the limit is. The cameras don't go inside the house, even on Google Earth and even on Google, Google Street View. But then, like just the day after that, I was talking to a colleague at work, and, um, and she was saying that she had workmen in her house and doing some work, and she said, I'm just going to check up on the workmen. And so she's got cameras in her house, and so she goes onto her phone, and she looks, and she's just checking up that the workmen are doing their job. And I said to her, have you told the workmen that those cameras are there? She said, no, nah. <laughs> no. So you just never know where the cameras are. There's cameras everywhere. But you know what? God is obviously um, not in the same creepy way. God has his eye on us. In fact, every moment, everything we do, God sees. Because God sees everything. And it's a wonderful thing to know. It's, it's a comforting thing to know that he sees our every move. Not like an absent father. He's a present father who watches everything. He says he even knows our thoughts. It says he examines your heart. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. How amazing is that? He knows what you're going to say before you say it. To be honest with you, I don't even know what I'm going to say sometimes before I say it. Anybody? I do prepare for for Sunday mornings, just so you know. But sometimes in the house, I, I think, did I just say that? God knows everything we're going to say before we even say it. He even knows our thoughts. And, you know, it should be reassuring to us that he knows what we go through. If he knows our thoughts, he knows what we go through, our Father. He knows the struggles we go through. He knows the temptations we go through. It says in the Bible as well that he he knows them so well that he actually even provides an escape out of the temptations. There's no temptation he puts us through that, that isn't bearable for us. Right. And so it's reassuring that our Father in heaven knows everything about us. Isn't it great that he knows our insecurities? Those things that just we struggle with. He knows our needs. He still likes us to ask, 
in prayer, but he knows before we even ask him. And this is called really, and I mean, we're not going to get into it, but he, he's omniscient. He knows everything. But he's also, because he's omniscient, what a great source of wisdom is our Father as well. He knows everything about us, but he knows everything about everything. And so what a reassuring truth that we see, and that's the first truth, that God knows everything about me and you. But secondly, um, the next truth is that God is continually with us, with me, with you. It's one thing to know everything, but it's quite another to always be there. And this would be omnipresent. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He's there. He's here. He's in Mansfield. He's in Ilkeston. He's in South Africa, Brazil, Norway, China. God is everywhere. And that's a reassuring thing to know. He knows. It says there, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. And I I see that as you're ahead of me. You're behind me. But you're also with me right here in this very moment. Isn't that amazing? You know, I was praying through the situation at Bosworth Street with everything going on with that insurance claim. And we're not going to go into the details of it. But, you know, God just reassured me as I was preparing this message. God, God knows about that. It didn't surprise him that that was going to happen. And, and he's in it and he knows and he knows what's going to happen and how it's going to work out. Because God is bigger than that situation. We are not alone. We've probably all had our moments of loneliness, haven't we? Moments where we just really do feel like we're alone. And I was reflecting on this. And and probably the two times when I felt most alone in my life was when I was 18 years old. And I just made the step from, from home to university so I went to university in South Africa, UCT in Cape Town, which was about 1,500 kilometers, however much that is in miles, away from my parents. And this was my first time out the house. And it wasn't like I could just pop up the road to see mum and dad or pop up for the weekend. It was far away. And I remember sitting in my, in my little room that I had and just thinking, oh my word, I am so alone. But God was there with me. And I was fortunate enough there was a church, and you get involved in church. And so it was short-lived. But then I went to America when I was 24, and, and I literally went knowing not a single person, um, just on a big adventure, and, and got there, and it was just the same thing again. I felt so alone in this big, wonderful country. But people-wise, I knew nobody. So alone. But, but we know that we're never alone, that God is with us. And, and those, are, those are fairly small examples because I've never really felt totally desperate alone. But, but you may be, but I want to tell you today that God is with you, that you are not alone. He's always with you. He's omnipresent. He's in your situation. He's with you. God, our Father, is with you, even if your earthly father is not In times of loneliness, he is with us. He's in our future. He's in our past. Verse 7 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Even if you wanted to, he's everywhere. He pursues us even. He never lets us go. 
I love when it says darkness, basically it says darkness is, is has, as light to him. There is no difference between darkness and light. You know, if you're in a dark time at the moment, if you can't see the way forward, if you're struggling and you think, I just don't know what's happening next, let me speak those words over you. Let me speak that truth over you that for God, darkness is as light. For God, what may be dark for you, he can see through. He can see it. He knows what is going to happen in your circumstances. God is always, he knows everything about us, but he's also always present. And the third thing that I just wanted to share this morning is this, that God planned everything about me. He planned everything about me. He planned everything about you. And we see this coming through so beautifully uh, in this section of Scripture. Verse 13 and 14, it says this, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. We probably hear that so much, a very, very well-known scripture. Thank you for making me so complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. He's talk, you know who he, the psalmist is talking about? He's talking about himself. He's saying, I am marvelous and I know it well. You know, not, not talking about you. He's saying, I am marvelous and I know it well. In fact, I'm going to challenge you. Nudge the person next to you and say, I am marvelous. I am God's workmanship. Some of you just were a little too eager, okay? <laughs> let's, let's balance this with humility. No, seriously though, you know, we need to realize that we are God's workmanship, that he made us, that he knit us together, that everything that we are is by design of God. You know, all of us have our insecurities, all of us have our things that we would probably change if we could about ourselves. But often it's God, that's the way God has created you. You know, if I could change one thing, I started going gray in my 20s. Come on, God. And I was just too embarrassed. I'm too kind of, I wouldn't use just for men, you know, it's just not me. But I started going gray in my 20s. And I thought, come on, God. I've not even got a wife. And I started getting my grays. And God made me. Perfectly. He made me like that. It's genetic. You know, Alini's not here to defend her, poor Alini, but I'm gonna take you know, I'm gonna speak about it anyway. Alini's Alini stopped growing at fourteen and she's four foot eleven. My wife. I did tell her I was gonna say this, so you know, she'll listen to the podcast as well. She would if there was a pill she could take to gain a few extra inches, she would do it. And she loves Jesus, she loves, but you know what, she, she, would, she would take a, a, that pill. She could just get beyond five foot. See, I used to be upset because I'm five foot eleven, and I just mixed, missed out on six foot. But she's four foot eleven, I mean, 
But you know what? I, I, I love Alini that way, and that's, that's part of the, why I love her. Um, and um, you know what? We all have things that we would probably change if we could. But God made us exactly how we are. On that note of, you know, appearance and how God has created it, um, I don't know if you know a guy called Harold Kushner. He's a prominent American Jewish rabbi um, and also author. And he said this, and it's probably true for, for the UK as well as America. He said, tomorrow morning, if every woman in America woke up feeling good about her appearance, the American economy would collapse. Whole industries are built on the notion that women are afraid they will not be lovable unless they measure up to some standard of perfection. I chuckled at that. The whole economy would collapse. You know, God has made you, um, whether you're male or female, he's created you, he's knitted you together in your mother's womb. He's a father who deeply loves you. He's a father who deeply cares for you, who has designed you the way you are. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, it goes on beyond just appearance, doesn't it? It says this, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. See, it's not just the physical that he created, but he created us for a purpose. Our Father in heaven created us on purpose for a purpose. And we spoke about this at Mansfield last week, and and we're actually doing week three of Growth Track um, this week as well. So looking at, at purpose and the fact that each of us have purpose. You have a reason for being here. And those particular verses, I mean, I don't have a time to go into depth on it. But basically, the idea is that God has not created you as a robot. He has given us choice. But there is also an element of planning from God that plays a part in your life. How those two work together and balance is, is is a huge topic that's not for discussion today. But you have free choice. But also, God has created you. He's ordained things in your life. He's planned things in, his life, in your life before you were even born. Because he's a God of a great design, and you're a part of it. He says that his thoughts of you cannot be numbered. They outnumber the grains of sand. He's thinking of you all the time, even when you're sleeping. Even when you're not thinking about him, he is thinking about you. How amazing that is that the thoughts of God just for me, just for you individually, outnumber the grains of sand. He's thinking about you all the time. He loves you dearly. And, you know, you, you, you may think, well, this is David, you know, I'm just me. You know, this is David. This is David, an adulterer. This is David, a murderer. This is a David who didn't do too good of a job raising his kids either. And and he's not a perfect man. He's just a normal man who God loves just the way that he loves all of us. Isn't it great to know that God designed us? Isn't it great to know that God planned everything about me and you? 
And, you know, we, we're, we're not going to be too much longer. And I know it's, it's, it's hot in here, but, you know, I want to challenge you. Knowing these things, knowing that God knows everything about you. God is always with you. God designed you. What is your response? What is our response? It's interesting to see David's response. He jumps into verse 19 and says, Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. And it's quite, you know, it's, it, it's quite brutal words and quite, really just goes on a rant, doesn't he? But really the heart of what David is saying in those things, he's, he's really making a commitment to God. He's saying, God, I'm on your team. What makes you angry makes me angry. What you hate, God, I hate. You can take that on the other side. God, what you love, I love. Lord, I'm saying I'm sold out to you. You love me so much it boggles my mind. I'm using my own words, but those words are in Psalm 139. It boggles my mind how much you love me, God. And my response is I'm sold out for you. I'm going to sell out for you. I'm going to love what you love. I'm going to hate what you hate, God. I'm going to be sold out for you, God. My commitments with God really seems almost a bit of a strange thing to, to sing about because it is a song, really. He's singing about hating and casting down and all of these things. And, you know, wow, that's a song. But the next thing he says, just at the end, as we draw this to a close, he says this, search my heart, Lord. In fact, let me read those words. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Hmm. It's strange that the beginning of the psalm is, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. So God's already done that. But he says again, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Because he's saying, God, you know it anyway. But I'm opening myself up to it now, Lord. I want you to search me. I want you to know me. I want you to point out where I can change. Where I can be everything that you've called me to be, God. Because, Lord, I'm so delighted by the fact that you loved me. You cared for me. You created me. And you purposed me. God, I'm going to step in. And I want to follow you with all my heart. Lord, I'm open to, to what you want to say to me. Examine everything, God, and point me in the right direction. You see, when you trust someone, it's not weird anymore that he's watching us all the time. It's not weird anymore that he's always with us. And it's amazing that he's created us, every little detail of us, including our gray hair. You know what? We can welcome God in, not reluctantly, but we can welcome God in to live with us in such a close way. And we can say, God, I'm on your team. And I'm going to just call the guys up as well, the, the worship guys. And as I bring this to a close, Lord, lead us along the path of everlasting life. God, I want to spend eternity with you. You see, Father's Day is about honoring our earthly fathers. And we do that. And, you know, we, we, we bless God. We thank God for the earthly fathers that we do have. But 
All of us have different situations and circumstances, different experiences, even of fathers. But isn't it great, again, that we have that in common, that we have a Father in heaven who loves us, who knows us, who's always with us, and who created us. I'm going to ask you just to get to your feet as we, as we draw this to a close just now. And can we bow our heads and just take a moment to, to reflect before God? Let's take a moment, first of all, to thank Him. God, we thank You for being the wonderful Father that You are. God, for being a perfect father when our earthly fathers let us down. Lord, you're always perfect. You're perfect in all of your ways. And we thank you, God, for that. That that's something we can have in common today. Even if we weren't going to celebrate Father's Day because of our earthly father, God, we can celebrate because of you, our heavenly father. But Lord, it does demand a response. The fact that you love us so much. The fact that you know us so much. That you're always with us and you've purposed us. It demands a response. And that response will be different for each one of you. But if God's spoken to you today and you know Jesus. You know he's your father. But you just feel God's spoken to you and said, I want you to to make more of a commitment. I want you to respond in that way that he's touching you to respond, speaking to you to respond. I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. If you feel God saying, I want a response.